0: on AI and education. I think you'll agree with me that this session will be one of the most important sessions at this conference. We've all been educated, we have children to educate, and this is how AI is going to come in. So please welcome my panelists. Do you want to take a seat? Yeah. Now I'm going to let them do the hard work and introduce themselves and say what they do. So Julien, would you like to start? Sure. Um, Hi, everyone. I'm Jolene from Squirrel AI Learning. And
1: Squirrel AI is an AI adaptive learning education company. And we provide adaptive learning platform with personalized learning content. So uh, we hope to bring very individualized learning contents and a way of learning for students so it can save some time, increase the efficiency. And our company founded in 2014, and our system launched the market in 2017, and now we have about 2013 learning centers in China and almost uh, two million students. And we love to uh, start collaboration with uh, universal companies and to help uh, bring uh, equality of education for the global education, yeah. Thank you.
0: Okay, so we'll find out more later, so Stefania. Hi, good morning everybody. It's a
2: pleasure to be here. My name is Stefania Giannini. I'm Director General for Education at UNESCO. You know UNESCO is the UN specialized agency for education, culture, and science. But more than this, in these next 10 years is the agency which is responsible of the achievement of the coordination of the achievement of the SDG4. That means inclusive quality education for all. And among other issues, we are focusing a lot uh, on AI and education. I think that also in this plenary introductory remarks, we heard a lot of language about education, so it would be a pleasure to share with you what we are doing, which are the challenges, and also tremendous opportunities I think we can.
0: Yeah, and thank you so much for joining us this morning. Daniel.
3: Hi, it's Daniel Burgos, uh, good morning. Good I morning. am um, vice-rector uh, in an online university in Spain called La Rioja where the best wine of the world is in the <laughs> north, okay? Uh, I'm also an ESCO chair. I work with Stefania, her team. I'm an ESCO chair on e-learning. And we are a fully online university. Uh, we started 10 years ago, and we are now in seven countries with 40,000 students. And we work everything based on adaptation and recommendation. We were more uh, focused on analytics, and this is the reason we are, we are here to share with you. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. So just so you all know that this um, chat will go on for about 25 minutes, and then we will have five minutes at the end for your questions. And I'd love to see loads of hands in the air. Now, Stefania, I want to come to you first. How is AI going to change the classroom?
2: Well, let me, let me put it first of all uh, in the frame we are moving on. Um, we talk a lot about climate change, no? crucial yeah. topic, but we don't talk so much as we need, I mean, about the learning crisis we are living today. Some figures uh, to, to give the sense what we are talking about Or oh, close to, to 200 million 60 children who today should be in the school, are still out of the school worldwide, and more than 700 million uh, one of, one of six on six uh, at world level didn't acquire the proficiency in the basic competencies of maths and uh, reading and writing. So for us, in order to be able really to achieve quality inclusive education for all in the next 10 years, we, it's important to have new tools, new scenarios and new uh, devices can help and new frameworks can help Schools, teachers, learners, and also in higher education, uh, to to go ahead. I have, uh, I think, two kind of messages. The first one is starting with the good news. AI has the potential to help uh, equity, inclusive, through education, in education, because it affects positively policymakers, teachers, and learners. I mean, policymakers as Big data now can give us the opportunity to have a big picture and to see where real bottlenecks and gaps are and to go straight to the point in terms of investment and building better policy in education, generally speaking. That's what we are doing at UNESCO. Maybe you know that UNESCO has the main international provider of data in education, which is the UIS, UNESCO Institute of Statistics. When you, when you hear something about 200 million children, uh, our own data, but now we are using big data in order to, to, mm-hmm. to provide governments and policy makers a clear a clear picture of where we are. The second point is uh, how and to what extent AI can help teachers. I think it also the Amazon CTO showed very clearly something which is already a real world in the classroom. Let me start with a very concrete example about language learning. You know, When you have a second language acquisition process, uh, uh, through devices like these, I can show you later, maybe it can help a bit, uh, you, you can identify uh, where main difficulties uh, this specific single learner has, and then you can personalize the teaching process. So this is something which can really help and allow us to scale up and have very good achievements, not only in language learning, but also with other subjects. And about learners, for sure, it's about being able to identify the socio emotional uh, dimension of learning, which is a quite a crit- critical point today, and uh, thanks to AI and some devices, it's, it's easier to do that. And uh, to help more than this, help uh, children with disabilities. UNESCO is yeah. focusing quite a lot about this topic and the next uh, Global Education Monitoring Report, which is something like a flagship on the house, uh, will focus on inclusion yeah. and uh, how we can help, through AI, uh, children with disabilities. But there are also bad news, I should say, of oh, some more <laughs> worrying. Oh yeah, no, we yeah. must be very honest, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. There are some challenges, which is related to the risks, and uh, the dark side of the coin, right? Uh, First, about uh, government's commitment. I want to congratulate first with uh, the Netherlands because we heard something very important today about their commitment and investment and uh, how much they are keen to develop this issue. But let me say that today in the world, out of more than 200 countries, uh, only 18 had already developed AI strategies. And half of these have funded and implemented these strategies. China, South Korea, and uh, Emirates,
0: just to mention some of the big countries which are focusing on that. And why do you think those countries are ahead of the other countries? Because the governments are taking action, they're interested, they have money. Like, what about the other countries? Why are they falling behind?
2: Have back, uh, why, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think because, um, you know, to I can say that <laughs> also as former minister in my country, which is Italy, recently, uh, when you have to develop a national level, uh, a comprehensive uh, policy on AI, and then focusing maybe more on education, it's not simply a question of political political will that you can find, no, it's something that now it's uh, currently a a common topic, a common uh, uh, commitment, but it's about deciding to invest more there and not here. So okay. this is about political decisions. So that's why okay. better data can help governments.
0: Okay. That's priority. Obviously.
2: Yeah. And yeah. the last point. I mean, uh, what can we do to to face these challenges and to to help uh, to help AI to keep the right direction, no? And to, keep, to keep the tremendous opportunities I mentioned before. I think that still we have to to first. Uh, being able to create, I should say, a policy ecosystem where we can put governments, private, the private sector, which is now the dominant component of AI policy and implementation, mm-hmm. and uh, universities, researchers, and everybody who can help in terms of developing new systems and new ideas. Mm-hmm. But at the very core of the process in education, Still we have uh, teachers. Without teachers on board, let me say quite clearly, you can have all the machine learning potential uh, uh, of improving the quality of education, but uh, it is absolutely impossible to, to do something which can be effective in the, in the near future. That's why we are focusing much on Empowering teacher about uh, AI and this yeah. is uh, this is about uh, you know teachers training uh, yeah. uh, all around the world in different regions UNESCO yeah. with other partners we are improving this qui- this kind of yeah. cooperating with the private yeah. sector also and this is about uh, yes in terms of uh, uh, of uh, gender gaps, which is uh, still another another critical yeah. point I want to show. This publication that uh, we 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 released this year, I'd blush if I could. The title is the sentence of uh, this uh, voice assistant, which hundreds of million uh, uh, people in the world uh, every single morning can hear. No Siri, I think Siri, is the name. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in this publication, you can find a lot of uh, interesting data. For instance, I, if I, remember, well, simply twelve women. Uh, in machine learning research are actually involved and currently involved yeah. worldwide. So we can see from this publication how and to what extent AI can help to,
0: to fill the gender gap or to increase it. To increase it. it. Yeah, I actually read that last night. And, um, It is very interesting why it's called that. Um, If you say something, well, it's, it's changed now, but if you had said something bad to Siri, which has a young female voice, Then she comes back and she says, oh, I blush, you know, of course, which is you're like, oh, my God, how would you react if somebody had called you that name? They've changed now, but to something less, you know, less tame, but it's it's actually not funny. And it's a fantastic report to read. There's lots of stats in it about female male and being trained up in very STEM subjects. so it is a very, very good and report. We, can, we cannot have the most important, maybe uh, recently,
2: revolution in the world, uh, yeah. uh, excluding half of the world, more than half of the world, yeah. uh, human uh, intelligence and, uh, and uh, human capital. Yeah, so and the, like the last one. point, if I may, really yeah. really, the last is about ethics. ethics. I mean, there is yeah. an ethical dimension in AI that we must uh, address from the very beginning. This is something that international organizations are responsible for. It's about... Uh, uh, privacy and data yeah. and uh, managing data for students for sure and teachers and this is something that UNESCO is taking care of.
0: Thank you for that. Jolene, I might come to you. So um, Squirrel AI Learning, um, how, So, tell us kind of how it works and why um, AI is important in your, sure. your product basically. Sure. Um, well, we use
1: like machine learning and algorithms to build up our AI platform. AI adaptive platform. So, and then we develop our own contents, such as subjects, uh, English, mathematics. And by the way, we are doing English version for mathematics and um, English in order to go to um, overseas countries in the future. So, and then um, the students can do assessment first, and then we can recognize what are the weakness and what are the strengths of a student. And then the system will automatically recommend what's the most appropriate and suitable uh, learning contents for the students in the next stage. So each different student has their own learning path. None of the students are learning in the same way. So why we think AI is so important? Because even in the remote areas in China or Africa or anywhere, the students are not as the level you expect. They are really lower, uh, much lower. And for example, there was a news in China early that said In a really poor area in China, the students of uh, grade six, they are learning the same contents as the students from Beijing, but they don't understand anything. Why? Because they are really really less uh, knowledge. So with personalized learning, it can recognize what their level is, so what they need, and with AI, and then. The AI system can just help the students to learn whatever they should learn. Not have, doesn't have to be at sixth grade or doesn't have to be in their you know, or, yeah. original grade. It can be anything. Like for example, we do have uh, called backtracing system. A student at eighth grade, they might have some knowledge from sixth grade yeah. that they are not mastered yet. So the system will recommend the knowledge from sixth grade
0: okay. so they can learn. Of, um, in terms of the remote areas, Um, would they be poorer areas, but would they have the money for technology? Because it's all well and good saying, okay, well, you're in a remote area. Squirrel AI learning will come and save the day, but do they have the money for technology?
1: Yeah, um, actually, in China, it's better that in the poor areas, the the schools, the buildings, and the the computers, and internet, they are there already, which is we really need to thank for the government to doing all, all all of this. But they don't have teachers. Okay. They change. Their are teachers in the primary school, eight, eight math teachers over six years. Mm-hmm. And one teacher is teaching five subjects for three grades. Okay. So they don't have software. So with AI learning, we can provide those kind of AI technology and contents to those teachers. Because those teachers are not really qualified as a teacher, right? But they can use the system to help the students. So in, in our business model, we don't encourage 100% of the time with AI system. As, as Stefania mentioned, human teachers are very, very important. <laughs> we can't do anything without human, right? So, so. so we encourage 30% of time the students need to interact and communicate with human teachers, yeah. and 70% of time learning AI. Okay. We can say in this way, human teachers is using AI technology and platform together teach the students, that's a better way.
0: Because your um, learning system is for after-schools, isn't it, so it's not replacing, primary education, is that well, right?
1: Well, yeah, we do have after school tutoring, and yeah. also we work with uh, public schools. Okay. So the public schools use our system as
0: uh, supplementary learning okay. contents. Okay, Yeah. so it's it's that, that sounds really good. Daniel, yeah. I might move on to you. So you're um, in an online university, and you have how many how many thousands of students? Did you tell me?
3: 40,000.
0: 40,000, 40, okay, very good. And um, how long has the university been going for? 10 years. Ten Years. So 10 years—that's 10 years of data from, mm-hmm. from students doing their degrees, their what is a master's—and um, what do you do with that data to help them then?
3: Well, we work very much on prediction. Uh, we call it estimate because of uh, legal reasons, but it's the same thing, okay? Prediction. So we take all this data from our students and teachers because we work with, with both branches. Students and teachers, uh, I fully agree with uh, uh, Jolene's and uh, Stefania's words that uh, teachers are part of the, of, the, of the chain, of course, and they are the key in some sense. We work with other people, so it's a little different, because in our cases, teachers are more mentors than uh, actually for primary and secondary school, but anyway, they are a key part of the chain, and we take all the historic data and we cluster people, behaviors, and also the, the, the grades and the results, the outputs, everything there. And we predict how this student, particular student, will behave in the future, mainly focus, for instance, on dropout or on a student uh, teacher's attrition, for instance, OK? It's uh, really good for us because we can actually recommend, provide recommendation, personalized recommendation about the learning itinerary for students and about a set of actions for uh, tutors and, and teachers that actually uh, support better their classes.
0: So, can you, so you can notice when somebody is um, not logging in enough, not doing their work, and you, yeah. can, you can actually see that happening, and then you can say, OK, this person needs help.
3: Yeah, it's like a, it's like a mother. <laughs> it's totally the same. <laughs> well, see, if you do this like this, you will not end your <laughs> semester. It's totally the same, OK? So it's not so much artificial intelligence, but by, by, yeah, by common sense. Um, so uh, we do this. Uh, it's uh, halfway, okay? It's yeah. not fully automated. So we have 80, 90 percent. is coming from uh, algorithms and, and prediction, but the last step is, the, is for us is the human touch. Mm-hmm. Always there is a teacher later making the, the reading and the right interpretation to provide the final recommendation. Always.
0: But in, if, if, um, if I'm being argumentative, if people say, well, you're an adult, you know, these people who are doing the um, degrees and masters are adults and they should be able to get on with it and not be watched, you know, it's not a nanny state, you know, what would you say to that?
3: Yeah, um, <laughs> it's not a matter of, I don't know, uh, our average age is around 40 years old. 40 People come, years old. Yes, yeah, so a second chance, or wrap yeah. up the master that they did finish in when they were younger. Yeah. Um, so they come very de- determined and motivated to make the things happening, but real life happens also there. They have a full-time job and families, and they go want to go to the movies or to the soccer game. Okay? And at, at the same time, in parallel, they want to run a master's degree, for instance, okay? yeah. which is a full-time master's degree. So sometimes the, the maths at the end doesn't add up, okay? and they don't have time enough. So, uh, the point to us is more a psychological support, and mentoring, that talking about actual content. Of course, we provide recommendations about content. We provide recommendations about the, 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 the program and how they can uh, follow the activities and follow up the final results and the labs, whatever. But 70% of our time, is just talking to them, okay? It's like um, uh, we always say that they need love. They need some people behind, and we call even people by phone every two weeks okay, to provide a personal counseling for them. Mm-hmm. Coming from the data, we have a dashboard, and all the data come to us, and we have the dashboard, and we base on the data to provide this counseling, but the counseling is, is personal-based. Okay. I'm very much focused on the, on the emotional and psychological part than on the okay. content.
0: So you've taken that into context, which is good. And um, in terms of uh, price, so obviously education um, is at all different levels across the world. Um, I might ask all the three of you, actually, on the price. So like, is it expensive to use Squirrel AI learning?
1: Uh, well, it's average price. is about um, 20 to 25, well, 20 to 30 US dollars per class, well, one hour. And it varies from like Beijing, Shanghai, or the sixth tier of the cities. But for uh, remote areas, or really poor areas, we do donations. And we started donating, um, one million um, accounts to underprivileged families if they come to us, Mm -hmm. and also for some pretty poor schools. So it's, well, because we are a business, right, commercial company, so (laughs) we need to get revenue. But uh, it's average price, yeah. But it's one-to-one tutoring, so the students get
0: personalized learning, which is actually pretty low cost. Okay. Great. Okay. Daniel, how much is it to do a degree?
3: Yeah. It depends. um, A couple of things. We have, like, 25 percent of... All our um, programs are for free. They are open education-based. Okay? We have a platform just for that. We collaborate with UNESCO and the International Council for Open and Distance Education, and the Open Education um, Research uh, Council. So uh, 25 is for free. So people can go there and just do their, their, their whatever they want to learn, and they, they get an accreditation system, and that's it. For the other people, uh, for the private ones that they want actually to achieve and, and enroll uh, in, a, in a paid master or bachelor or PhD program, it's around 3,000 euros a year if you are based in Spain. We have also branches and universities in Latin America like Colombia, Ecuador, and also in Florida in seven countries in total. And it depends very much on the country, but you can do it from starting 2,000 euros a year, okay? And if you say the magic word inspire minds, you will get some Vouch yeah. off,
0: okay. <laughs> say that again. What's yeah. the word?
3: Inspire minds, okay, oh, you say minds. Yeah, it's for the voucher, okay. <laughs> you get
0: a discount. A- an extra
3: five, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, very good, we're actually into Q&A time, so thank you very much for that. So if you have a question, just raise your hand, and just say uh, your name and where you're from, and which panelist you'd like to answer the question. So we've got somebody in the front row over here, um, and then we've got another person there. So we've got two here, and we'll see. If we yeah, we'll we'll take these two first. So this person here, yeah, have you got okay. a mic? Yeah, do you want to stand up?
4: Oh uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> yes. Well, my name is Mario from Mexico, de Mexico, mucho gusto. Uh, my question is, I have four children. Uh, the oldest is 18 years. He just uh, started university in Mexico. So I was wondering if instead of going to a physical university, that he take go take something online like Universidad La Rioja. What do you think about that? I mean, because as a father, to change our set of mind and to say to a, to, to a child, don't go to the university now, take it online and maybe go and go to live to Spain or Netherlands and study online instead of stay in Mexico and take a physical, uh, uh, go, go to the university uh, physical, no? What would you, would you think about? I mean, because it's a tough decision to change our minds. I don't know if I explain myself.
3: Okay. To yes, me? Yeah, um, yes, so so yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no, please. Yeah, That's okay. okay. Uh, <clears throat> I think we, we very much fight for integration. So you can actually collect from everywhere and, and make an, um, a personalized program so you can actually follow your actual path, okay? So uh, you can integrate from everywhere. You can call it from, um, from Mexico, from the Netherlands on, or the States, whatever. And you create your own program that can be accredited by a centralized or even not a centralized system. Okay? So in fact, um, the point to me is that your personalization should come not just from the content, but also from the source. Okay? So you can actually work and combine and make an aggregation uh, program for you, your children, or whoever you want. Okay?
0: Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, so this lady here. Oh, I'm sorry. Would you like to come in? Yes. Sorry. Sorry. This topic is yeah.
2: quite important. I think. Uh, I think that the more we'll personalise, as we are doing, uh, uh, teaching and learning paths, both at university level and uh, in the school systems, the more we need a strong quality assurance system in order to check and to be available to to evaluate the results of these uh, new kind of models, and this is something that we are we are doing globally with universities uh, association, uh, regionally and uh, country level, and for the school systems, in terms of uh, providing ministers and governments the right tools to have an evaluation assessment machine, which can give the sense that we are going to quality and not simply, you know, amplifying the, the access to open
0: sources like it is. Yeah, thank you, thank you very much. And this lady, yeah. So just talk, yeah, talk really okay. into that box. <laughs> um, okay, hi, I, I'm Anna.
2: I'm an AI student from the Netherlands. And I'm totally a, a huge fan of AI in education and adaptive learning. Okay.
4: But I was yeah. wondering, yeah.
2: I was wondering uh, how much does queryable AI account for explainability? Because education is such a sensitive topic. How much do
0: you explain what your algorithms do,
2: and how much do the teachers understand
0: about it? About it, how, how much can you explain what the algorithms do? Is it, yeah. and, and how what you tell people is that kind of your oh, sorry, question? How much? Um, yeah. So you know you've got your algorithms, um, like, and you've got your algorithms in your business. But yeah. how much can you tell to the pe- to the public or your students what you're actually doing? Do you are you very transparent? Do you explain it a yeah, lot? Totally. Like to the to the users, right? Yeah.
1: Okay. Or,
2: there is that question. Yeah. yeah. Uh, should I go first? Ethics. It's
1: about ethics. Yeah. All right. Um, actually, it was very hard at the very beginning, because we started telling about the technology, the inside technology to the users, but they don't understand anything. So uh, then we changed our strategy. And uh, well, at the very beginning, we um, started um, Telling those inside stories to, to some uh, users who are really interested in technology, and once they've started using, and you know, their kids they are using it, and they have good feedback, that they, they are our, you know, very good examples. And then we started telling uh, the market that what you can gain, what you can achieve, instead of the technology. We only say that we are AI adaptive education, that's it. We don't tell too much about algorithm because the users, the customers, they don't understand anything. They just want to know what I can get, what kind of result I can get, how long does it take, you know, those kind of uh, effectiveness. So, yeah. Okay, Did I answer your question? Thanks. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh, I didn't get the question very much, but uh, I think it's about transparency. Good to the, to yeah. the user, in our case, to the students. So thank you for the question. In our case, everything is transparent. Uh, all the data are open. We, re- we store everything in open. Uh, our data sets are stored in open repositories. And also the research is published there. And people can go, and also they can, of course, access to their private data. They can cancel anytime. We inform everyone. In fact, one of the problems that we have, I think, in my view, is that we inform too much, so people get tired. As you say, they, they they actually expect what what these people can can do for me and get for me, and I don't need so much information. But the information is there for them in the case they want. And also, we have people supporting to understand the information, so everything is transparent. If uh, people want to reach out. Yeah,
2: and I think. And- about uh, ethics uh, and uh, transparency, accountability in AI, we are working with 193 countries in order to find agreement about a resolution which can give guidelines about uh, these crucial topics.
0: So thank you, thanks for that question. We've actually run out of time, um, but thank you so much for your questions and for being here, and thank you to my amazing panel. Jolene Lang, partner of Squirrel AI Learning, Ms. Stefiana (laughs) Ginani, we said we'd try and get an Italian name in there, Assistant Director General for Education at UNESCO, and Professor Dr. Daniel Burgess from the Universidad Internacional de la Rioja. (laughs) Thank you very much, thanks everyone.